Alrighty. Hey, uh, looking forward to just sharing a little, uh, a few thoughts uh, in terms of some vision for the year and the kind of church that we might want to be the, this year uh, as we step into what God has for us. And so before we get into that, I'm going to invite Shelley to come and read for us from Philippians chapter one for this morning. Good morning, everyone. Um, today's passage is only three verses um, from the book of Philippians but it holds a wealth of meaning. Chapter 1, verse 3 to 6. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word this morning and as we spend some time now to reflect on these few short verses. Lord, I I want to pray that you would speak to our our hearts this morning. Uh, Lord, that uh, as we use our, our minds, the minds, the brains that you've given us to think and reflect and process uh, what you've given us in your written word, um, that it wouldn't stop there, that it would go to our hearts and we would receive what your spirit wants to do in us this morning as individuals and then as a community. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here. We thank you, Jesus, uh, that you are among us by your spirit. And we ask for open ears and hearts this morning. The words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts would be pleasing and acceptable to you, our rock, our redeemer. Amen. Uh, So having read those words from the beginning of the letter to the Philippians, I wonder who might say this about us the billabong, in several years' time. So who, who will echo these words or something like it in their heart when they think about the billabong family? That might be because they're a part of our church or they were part of our church or they're just blessed by and ministered to our church. I wonder who in several years' time would be able to say this genuinely when thinking about us. Uh, I hope that many, many people will feel this way, would be able to say, I thank my God every time I remember you, Billabong, especially those who are within the Billabong family, who call this their family. Uh, Again, they're, they're words written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Philippi, which he helped start. Uh, They're a church, a a community of believers that he loves dearly, that the bond is very, very special. And um, the fruit of the Spirit and the fruit of the kingdom are all over these words. In other words, the the fruit of uh, God's work in them and God's work through them. The relationship, let let me highlight a, a few things. The relationship is marked firstly by thankfulness and gratitude. I thank my God every time I remember you. Uh, I doubt that's because they never had conflict. They were, after all, a church. 
and Paul was uh, a fast-paced leader who didn't beat around the bush. They were human beings. They, there would have been issues and conflict. And we see that in some of the letters that Paul writes to his friends about stuff going on. Uh, but prayerful gratitude, which is the fruit of deep relationships with each other, grounded in deep relationship with Jesus, that gratitude still exists. The, the relationship is marked with joy. I always pray with joy. We know this is spirit-growing fruit, right? It's fruit of the spirit. It's, it's uh, uh, not something we, we just conjure up. It's the work of God in them individually. It's the work of God in them corporately. It's what everyone wants in this world. We want joy, but only God can give. The relationship here that we see is marked by gospel partnership. Because of your partnership in the gospel, Paul says. Uh, they're on mission together, in other words. Uh, they're engaged in this sacrificial but joy and gratitude producing work of growing the church, not for the sake of numbers, but to bring people into God's family, uh, of seeing people set free from bondage to sin, uh, of seeing healing in the land and uh, healing from injustice and poverty, of God's kingdom coming on earth and God's kingdom embedded in hearts, a partnership in the gospel. And finally, this is marked, this relationship and these words are marked by a secure hope. The assurance that anything that's not yet right with this church community that we're talking about, that God would continue to work on. They're not perfect yet, but the good work he began would be continued on to mould and to shape and to grow and to strengthen the Philippian believers. So wouldn't it be wonderful? This is the Philippian church and Paul. Wouldn't it be wonderful if many, many people would say this of the billabong? Not just so that people, you know, that we look good, but so that even Jesus himself might say this of the billabong, so that others would genuinely feel this way towards this church community and pray this about us. Is that a good hope, a good desire? I've been thinking about what that might take, specifically this week, um, but probably for many years, actually. What would it take to be a church that isn't just one or two good things? It's not just loving. It's not just joyful. It's not just evangelistically effective. It's not just making a difference locally, but it's a church that truly is faithful and fruitful. And so we see the fruit of the Spirit all over the place, and we see the fruit of the kingdom of God all over the place. What would that take? Now, there's many things, of course. I'd like to highlight three today as we think about the year ahead and where God's leading us and what maybe God's saying to us. I think maybe it starts with considering to what extent we feel these words of Paul already are true or otherwise when we think of the billabong. How much is, could we, could we already say, I thank God and it's, it's with joy we pray and we're partnered in the gospel and, and there's hope and there's a work God's doing. How much is it already true? Well, I know for some of you, you could say, I can pray these words verbatim 
when you pray for the Billabong. Genuinely, your love for and in your engagement with and your passion for this church family is, is positive and it's warm and it may be even contagious. Others could say, well, look, I could echo some of these words. And yes, I give thanks for and I pray for my brothers and sisters here. But the joy, it's either not quite there yet or maybe it was, but it's waning a bit. And then still others might wonder, well, how could anyone possibly pray these words for this church right now? If we're honest, right? Maybe you used to feel this way, but it's just a distant memory now, and you don't in any way feel this way anymore. I think we'd all love to be a church marked by gratitude and love and, and, and joy and peace and gospel partnership and hope and the fruit of the Spirit, and the fruit of, all of that stuff. But I think part of reaching that point, part of getting there where we might want to be one day is being genuinely honest about how things are right now and saying, well, no, not everything is right. Not everything is good. I'm fairly certain right now it's quite a mix. Some good things, there's some things that aren't right. Now, on the one hand, I'm so encouraged by those. And by the way, um, if you're first time at the Billabong this morning, uh, welcome. <laughs> I'm just being honest. And, um, uh, and admittedly, this message is a little more for those who are ingrained here and are, and are, and are committed and part of this family. Um, and I hope you're not scared away by us being a little honest, but it's because I want us and we want us to do better. Um, yeah, I'll just, I should mention that. I'm so encouraged uh, by those in this fellowship who are excitedly following Jesus and are are stepping up as a result of that to serve God in ways they never have before. Uh, There's stories of new Christians and older Christians who I get to hear where there's been a deepening trust in God. There's been God doing things in their life and there's been answered prayer. Often that stuff is through trials and storms. God uh, uh, purifying faith through difficult stuff. And, and that is difficult but a joy to see at the same time. But on the other hand, I know that some of you are saddened and confused by friends who have left this church. Maybe you're not that sure if you'll be here much longer yourself because of how you're feeling. Or about how there's people in the, not in the room right now. Some of you carry hurts and disappointments which are warranted. Or maybe it's sort of this feeling of of you just don't feel that joyful about the billabong right now, but you're not really sure why. It's like everything seems okay, but I'm just not, I I don't know why I just feel a bit unsettled. That's, That's common too. Now, I'll be the first to admit that if the fruit of the Spirit is our hope and our goal, we do have a long way to go in some areas in particular. Let me give you an example. It's a hard one to hear, a hard one for me to share. I was speaking to one of our members a few weeks ago with a few others, and this is someone that I absolutely trust their judgment and I trust their heart, 
and they shared something with me and others in the spirit of constructive criticism with a desire to grow. So it wasn't a like, ah, this is, you know, about the billabong. It was genuinely meant to help us improve. But this person's words really, really struck me at this time. It's not something I haven't heard before, but this time it, it kind of gripped me. They said, we are an unfriendly church. Now, I'm sure many of you would say, well, that's not been my experience, you know, uh, but even if it's remotely true, then the first question that I would, uh, that I am asking myself is, okay, God, how have I contributed to that? Not as the pastor, as a human being, as a Christian. How have I contributed to that being at least partly true in this community? And God, I'm sorry for that. And how can I rectify it? That's the attitude I want to have. And if there's anything that you feel about our church, not this church, our church right now, uh, that doesn't bring you joy or gratitude and, 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 and hope, and maybe it's, it's worse than that, maybe it causes you pain or disappointment or anger, then I want to invite you this morning to join me in praying something like this consistently. God, show me where I've contributed to that flaw or that fault and forgive me and help me do better. I, um, I shared last Sunday... Uh, that story about uh, Nicholas, Count Nicholas von Zinzendorf. Do you remember that one? Uh, the Moravian community at Hernhut, and um, and and the the amazing uh, story of what came out of that was that they started praying um, uh, 24 hours a day in pairs on schedules of one hour at a time, and that prayer meeting lasted for 100 years and impacted the world through a sending of missionaries to the four corners of the globe like almost no other prayer meeting or movement ever has before. What I had forgotten about that story is the fact that the, the Moravian community at Hernhut, prior to this starting, were not in a great place. They actually were fighting with each other profusely about a whole range of things. They were not united. And what shifted was that some people came and said, we got to sort this out. And they, they sort of signed some things and they said, okay, we, we, we're not going to fight around this stuff anymore. That didn't mean they were now like best buddies. <laughs> but then as they reconciled with each other and as some people began praying, they started to experience a move of God and people coming to a place of repentance and of experiencing God more than they'd ever had before. And then they responded to that with 24-hour prayer, not knowing it would continue for 100 years. And that encouraged me this week because as I was reflecting on this and going, I don't want to share this, God, this is hard, hard stuff. I'm like, well, if the Moravians weren't all that tight and all that fruit of the Spirit producing, and you can do that through them, then you can do it through us. So if we got honest with, with ourselves, what needs to change? And 
Most importantly, what's my part in that? So that's the first thing. I said there are three things. How do we, how do we become this, this kind of church? Um, being honest about what's wrong and, and how we can play a part in turning to God and changing that. Secondly, though, I think we need to choose to pray for and engage with our church family in this way, no matter how we feel. To sort of say, okay, God... Naturally, I don't necessarily feel like saying thank you, God, for my brothers and sisters in the Billabong, and I pray with joy for them, but we do it anyway. Giving thanks and cultivating joy and praying for gospel, part, gospel partnership to increase and continue. Like I said, I, I very much doubt that Paul was referring to the perfect church uh, where it was sort of like the Philippians... And and him with nothing but joy, love, selfless sacrifice, evangelistic zeal, faithful service 100% of the time. There is no church on the face of the earth like that, and there never has been. Otherwise, you don't need the last part of his words. Lord, complete the good work you have begun in them. But Paul says similar things uh, of other churches he started, and they were way more dysfunctional. Think about the Corinthians. And yet many of his letters start in exactly this kind of way. Sarah sent me first uh, uh, Colossians chapter 1 this week. It's a lot longer than this. Uh, and it's like, you know, this genuine half of joy and all, the, all of the fruit of the Spirit all over it. And so this, this praying, I'm thankful for you, you bring me joy, you matter to me, it can be a choice. Here's what's interesting, though, to, to me about this. No one had served the Philippian church more than Paul. He's the one who, who, who has sacrificed and given and invested the most, and yet he's the one who's saying, I'm so grateful. I'm full of joy. I'm blessed by this relationship. Often when we do more serving and investing into others than we receive, you sort of start in, in, our, in the natural, in the flesh, you sort of start to feel like, well, but what? But, but you know, this isn't being reciprocated. What am I giving? I'm giving all of this, and what is it doing? But personally, I've found that when I serve God and people for some other reward, when we serve, when I serve God and people for recognition or a paycheck or a sense of achievement from hard work, I feel dissatisfied and I feel ungrateful. When I do it simply because I want to please God, it's almost like someone has served me and blessed me and loved me, not the other way around. We serve the Lord and we serve people simply out of our love for God and as a response to his love for us. And so I'm trying to remember this. Whatever I contribute, whatever I give and serve and invest and sacrifice, I do it with gratitude for others, with joy in relationship with them, with privilege to partner in the gospel, as Paul's mentioned here. And so we can pray this way and approach our family this way anyway, no matter what's wrong or right. And thirdly, I believe a church who's indeed producing the fruit of the Spirit and the kingdom and wants, wants to get there, wants to be a place where everyone would just say this of us. It needs to know, that kind of church needs to know its purpose and see where it's going. And I haven't sort of plugged it, but this is kind of Vision Sunday. This is to kind of go, okay, this is, this is what I sense is the vision for the year ahead for us, the, the thing to kind of keep us 
okay, this, this is who we are and this is what it's about. What's our purpose and where are we going? Now, most of you know that our purpose is expressed like this. Our mission is expressed like this, to be disciples who make disciples. And from next week, we'll be pressing into one facet of this, which is about evangelism, as I've been talking about with the ripple effect thing. Paul says to the Romans, how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? How can they believe in him unless if they have never heard about him? How can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? This is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. Making disciples involves having beautiful feet. Who wants beautiful feet? Right? How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news? I genuinely would not feel comfortable leading a series on the gospel and evangelism that after uh, uh, James kicks it off next week if I wasn't just deeply invested in learning and growing myself in this. I'm, I'm, I feel privileged at the moment to be reading the Bible with a person who's exploring faith, to be praying and doing life with people uh, 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 more, more non-churchgoers than I have before. And, and one of in that, my, one of my main goals this year is that I want to learn. I, I need to learn how to share my faith more effectively. I'm a learner alongside all of you because I care about these people and I want to drink coffee with them in heaven, not just put our kids through school together, right? There's going to be really, really good single origins in heaven, I tell you. I mean, right. But in saying that, right, all that about evangelism, wanting to learn to share our faith and stuff, it's not my primary prayer and petition before God this year. I thought it kind of was. I thought, this is the year, Lord, for me, for our evangelism. No, it's not my primary prayer and petition before God. It's not the main goal for me, nor the thing I feel that God has said he wants for me this year. For me... That primary goal and that prayer and that primary desire is growth in character. Now, I'm not standing here and saying that as some sort of virtue signaling type thing, right? I'm not, I genuinely just think that if we start here, God, grow character, the rest will follow. If we start here, make me more like Jesus. I highly recommend not praying that if you want a comfortable and easy 2023. (laughs) I highly recommend praying that, make me more like Jesus, if you want to experience joy that goes deeper than just happiness that we conjure up. And if you want to experience the peace of the Lord, it just may not be easy, but it is good. Make me more like Jesus. So what am I saying about our church's mission and vision then? You know, be disciples, make disciples. Well, our mission, our, our purpose is first and foremost to be disciples. That means to become more like him. And that happens when we spend time with him. That happens when we learn to hear his voice, get our understanding of who he is corrected. It happens also as we go and make disciples. Be disciples to Make disciples. I said last week that um, doing this draws us into the very heart of God, right? You're not just a tool he's trying to use to get the message out. You're a person he wants to get to know on the road. 
And so be disciples and make disciples goes together. But this is meant to lead us to a goal. That goal for us as a church, this is the, the vision of our church, uh, and I'm sorry I don't have it up on the board right now. That vision as a church is first to be a thriving family, a church family who, in becoming more like Jesus, thrives as a result, not just survives. Now, we keep the pathway there in focus, becoming more like Jesus and leading others to, become, to make, make disciples. Uh, we keep that pathway in, in focus, of course. It's our character, our Christ-likeness, laying lives down, repentant hearts, all of that. That's how we get there, but keep the goal in mind too. A thriving family, a church family full of life and health and joy and gratitude and love and partnership in the gospel, all this stuff, and allow yourself to think, wow, wouldn't that be awesome? We're not there yet, for sure, but wouldn't it be wonderful? And that might just help us to go, hmm, what needs to change? What can I do to take us just a tiny bit closer to that point? What can I stop doing? What can I give or give up? A thriving family. What does that look like to you? What's your part in it? But it's a thriving family transforming our communities with Jesus. That is our vision. Transformation, transformation of communities is only possible when a thriving church partner up with King Jesus and let him lead them into the places and spaces he's at work. What do you imagine when you think not just of a thriving church family, what do you imagine when you think of this community of Canning Vale transformed by Jesus? What do you dream of? What do you think of when you imagine the communities beyond Canning Vale, where you live, your street even, transformed by Jesus? And you playing a part in that, transforming it with Jesus. Exactly what that's going to look like for us, only Jesus knows. Right? We know that. But even a fuzzy image of what it could look like may just help us, may just help you have the faith to take some of the next steps however challenging or costly. Now, I know some of us are wired in a way more where it's just like, look, I just want to know the, the purpose. I just want to know what the next steps are. Some of us need to see the picture and go, okay, if that's where we're going, I'm on board. A few years ago, um, our leadership team received a letter. Uh, this letter was from the Billabong leadership in 2050. I tried to convince them that I had been visited in a DeLorean retrofitted with a flux capacitor, i.e. a time machine, for those of you who are not um, nerds. I'm not a nerd. I had to look that up. Um, I, tried, I knew DeLorean. I didn't know the flux capacitor part. Sorry, Sarah. Okay. I had tried to convince the leadership team I'd been visiting a time machine. That's not what happened. I simply wrote a letter. This is two years ago. I wrote a letter imagining what the leaders of the Billabong in 2050 might write back to the Billabong in 2021. Um, and I'd forgotten about this letter, to be honest, uh, until this week. I was thinking about all the stuff I've mentioned today. I was thinking about the challenges ahead for us, the unknowns we're stepping into this year. 
Uh, and I thought about this letter and, go, and went, oh, maybe I ought to go back and read it. And I did, and it challenged me again. It um, challenged where my faith's been at, my, my trust in the Lord in a good way. Um, there's probably a few things I'd change in it now just based on what I think is more and less valuable, but I want to read it to you um, unedited because it may just help some of us find a resolve in our spirit to make decisions now that will lead to that vision, that will lead to an impacting of generations to come. So I'm going to finish here this morning and then uh, we're going to close in worship and prayer. Here's the letter. Dear Billabong 2021, thank you. Thank you that 30 years ago you decided to step forward in faith, not backward. Thank you that 30 years ago you made the bold choice to lay everything down before the feet of the Master Jesus and choose to follow him wherever he led you, whatever the cost. Thank you that you chose to envision an only God future that had nothing to do with building your legacy and everything to do with building his kingdom. Thank you that you chose to make tough choices that caused you pain initially, but meant joy, healing, salvation, and release from bondage for thousands of people in the long run. We are the result of your faithfulness, your sacrifice, your prayer and fasting, your bold faith. We are the Billabong 2050. We're a church family meeting in multiple locations and multiple languages, spanning the generations from babies to great-great-grandparents. In 2021, 10 birth nationalities gathered in your church. Today, we're a family, a multicoloured tapestry of 100 birth nationalities. Our Canningvale campus is still our spiritual base and the recently expanded indoor-outdoor worship hub on what you used to refer to as the back block is full every Sunday. And not just on Sunday morning, but throughout the day as our partner churches from other denominations worship here. The old community centre has been refurbished and expanded to accommodate over 30 different community and ministry-focused programs run not only by us but 10 other local churches who nicknamed this the Kingdom Hub of Canningvale. However, Canningvale is not where the majority of the Billabong family gather. Three other hubs in Byford, Banjup and Coburn, plus 20 hired facilities on Sundays, mean that there are far more Billabongers meeting in our smaller venues than in Canningvale, all because you decided to send, not settle. Thank you. Our online celebrations, now far more interactive and personalised due to new technology, reach across the world and have resulted in many coming to faith and joining our churches and partner churches. Every year, we are sending out multiple church planting teams and leaders to plant new congregations or restart old ones. With other partners, you have ensured that old church properties, the legacy of past generations, are again thriving missional outposts, 
carrying the gospel to people they surround instead of liabilities sold off to land developers to be demolished or converted to pubs. Every month, new life groups are being spawned from healthy, thriving life groups by passionate, godly leaders living in the way of Jesus. Not only, but, not only that, but localised ministries reaching children, youth and young adults across Perth are growing and developing new leaders. And finally, every day, every single day, God is adding to our number those who are being saved. And heaven rejoices every day over each of those saved souls, as do we. All because you made a choice that the vision of the billabong would be and always be essentially God's family and God's kingdom. Thriving spiritual family and the transformation of the communities around you. Billabong 2021, some things have not changed. The heartbeat of the Billabong that began back in 2000 with founding pastor Mark and Deb remains. When it all boils down to it, we're still all about Jesus. We are the Billabong in 2050. This is our story, and our story is your story. And so, dear Billabong 2021, we thank God with joy every time we remember you because of your partnership in the gospel. We are confident of this, that he who began a good work in you is carrying it on to completion through us and the generations that follow until the day of Christ Jesus. To God be the glory forever and ever. Amen. And so, Father, I want to pray this morning just three simple things. Firstly, God, that you would help us to be honest about where we're not who we want to be and remove anything that gets in the way of repenting and turning to you and making the necessary changes. Lord, I want to pray that you would give us a spirit of gratitude, joy, and hope like Paul had towards the Philippians, that we would pray this way regardless for our brothers and sisters in Christ here. And, Father, that you would keep before us both the purpose that you have for us, why you've put us here, and that you would help us to see the future you envisage for us. I pray these things in Jesus' name.